Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go to the scripture together this evening. We're in part 12, believe it or not, of a series called Called and Chosen. I believe with all my heart that one of the foundational anchor points of the Christian life is the understanding, the knowledge, the awareness that you are called. I think it's no accident that the Apostle Paul, very early in every one of his epistles, declares who he is, not in terms of his past or his achievements, but in terms of his calling. Paul called to be an apostle. And I don't think he says that because he's trying to impress them. I think it's because he understands how important it is that every one of us, as we journey through the ups and the downs, the positives and the negatives of life, that we understand I'm called. I actually don't think enough Christians, I'm not even sure I can say it's most, I'm not sure how many people have a deep-seated sense of, God, I'm called to this. I love it when I hear someone like Nikki Johnson, who's a ballerina, And I love hearing her talk about how, but as she began to do it, she became aware that it was not just a talent or a skill that she was gifted with. It wasn't just some athletic ability, but that there was a reason why she had it, that there was something in it. And I think I love it most, perhaps, because there's someone saying, I'm called of God even though I'm in a space where I don't get to pronounce the name of Jesus. I've been to some of the ballet productions in which she starred and you don't go there and feel like you're at church. But I know that for her, it's every much uh, as significant to her. She's in a called space. I know people that serve in this church and they do things with their hands in terms of tech stuff or camera work or whatever. But if you ask them, is it just, uh, uh, you know, something you're good at? They'll go, no, I feel like I'm called to this. I feel like I'm meant to be in it. And I love that. I really pray that every believer, no matter what you do, if you're in business, I pray you feel called to that business space. I pray that if you're in some area of helping, that you feel called to that. I speak to people in our church that are in what are called some of the helping professions, you know, some of the caring spaces, and they don't talk about it as though, well, you know, I just graduated in medicine. But they talk about it like God has them there in that part for their life. So in this series of Called and Chosen, I'd encourage you to go back over them. They stay up at least on YouTube so you can go back and let them touch your heart again. But tonight I want to speak to you on the subject of certainty and uncertainty as a called person. We're going to read about two storms. The first one's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 22, and it's Jesus and his disciples, all of whom are called. This is something that happened to called people. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. I'd love to stop there long enough to be able to say this, that they were in the will of God. They were on purpose. They were on mission. 
They are called and chosen, fulfilling the will of God. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and these called and chosen in the will of God people said about themselves, we are in jeopardy. This is a terrible place to be. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. They weren't saying it with some holy plum in their mouth, some sacred sense of words. They began to say it out of absolute fear and terror and despair. We're perishing. Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. You know what God can do in your life with one word? It's an amazing thing. I hear the Holy Spirit say to me of late, There's, we've turned a corner. I hear him say it. I know right now no one perhaps out there is saying it, but I'm telling you whether it's for the world we live in or whether it's for this church or whether it's broader than that, but I have an absolute confidence in my heart that we have turned a corner. I believe that there are people here and your next period of time is going to be one of enlargement and blessing one of peace where there's been so much buffeting of storms, but I feel like the Lord has spoken from heaven and said, that's enough. And there was a calm. And so he then said to these people, where is your faith? And they were afraid. But first they're afraid of the storm. Now they're afraid of who is this person that we're following? They were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? Oh, I pray that every one of us will have moments in our life where Jesus so does something extraordinary that we will say, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. The power of any problem always lies in its unknowns. You don't wake up in the middle of the night tossing and turning because of what you know, but because of what you don't know. The power of any problem lies in what you don't know, what might happen, what could go wrong, or why has God allowed this? But these called and chosen ones, even though they are surrounded by, as Tessie in the team letters, even though it may look like I'm surrounded. Now, you know, when they picked that song for tonight, they had no idea what I was preaching on, and I didn't know they were going to choose that song. But think about how God wants to, even in the small things of the songs you sang tonight, God wants you to get a message. Even though it may look like you're surrounded, you're actually surrounded by Him. Because in the midst of circumstances that fill them with fear, listen to it, Jesus exhibited peace and assurance. That tells me that the problem is not the storm, but it's who I am in the storm. The problem is not what's uncertain. It's whether I know what I'm certain of. The Jesus is certain. He said, let us go to the other side. Automatically, he's going, that's where we will end up. But these people believed in the power of evil to bring about such disruption that even the will of God can get derailed in your life. 
Can I say to you categorically tonight, there is not a power in heaven or earth or under the earth that can derail the will of God in a believer's life. Now I can choose to opt out of it like these people did. I can throw my hands up in the air out of fear and concern and I can say, oh no, it's all finished. But nothing can stop the will of God. There's a verse, I believe it's in Isaiah, and it says this, No man can say unto the Lord, what can, can stay the hand of the Lord, or say unto him, what are you doing? In other words, God's will. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Fear arises when we focus on the unknown. I didn't say that there isn't, reasonable justification for being afraid. There's a lot of things happening in our world and has since time began that are scary. Oh, there's a lot of things I've seen in my life where I would be honest and say to you, my first reaction was one of fear. What's going to happen? Oh, I didn't see this coming. But can I tell you, fear can't stay unless I focus on the unknown. Fear can't remain unless I allow what I don't know to fill the foreground while I let Jesus be in the background. Jesus was asleep in the boat and they don't mention Jesus until the very last. They're like the Christian who says, oh well, there's nothing left to do but pray. They could have woken him up in the beginning, but they didn't. He was their background. Don't let Jesus be in the background of your life. That's storm number one. Storm number two is not Jesus and the disciples, but it is another called man. And that's the Apostle Paul, Acts 27, verse 18. If you are with us at metrochurch.online, you can go to the notes section and it's got just click on that tab that says notes. And it's got the Scriptures and everything there, all the headlines, all right? Acts 27 verse 18, it says this, And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed. Now, I could have read that to you in the Living Bible, but I like the wordiness part of it. We were exceedingly tempest-tossed. Isn't that cute? We were exceedingly tempest-tossed. The next day they lied in the ship. Third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard. That means there's no more way of... They're literally saying we give up on our ability to get out of this. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat down on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, man, you should listen to me. Don't you love people like that who come and say, I told you. Don't you love people that want to just say, well, you should have listened to me in the first place. He says, you should listen to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Remember what I said, you can't derail the will of God. These other people, he doesn't have the power to say, stop, we're not going any further. He's a prisoner being carted to Rome. But even, well, listen to me, even what other people do that they think they're in control. And the storm that results, results from the, the wrong decision of someone else. Listen to me tonight. Because some of you here feel powerless because somebody else is making decisions for you. They, they've decided the bank, the, the, the health, the government, the whoever have made decisions. And now you feel trapped 
because of what's happened. But even though this went on, God did not take his hand off the tiller. Though man created the problem, God was there. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Isn't it interesting that God saved all those pagans because of a Christian that was on the boat? Some of you, your business is going to succeed, not because it's a godly uh, run business, but because you're there. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve saying, don't be afraid, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men. I believe that it will be just as he told me. Another boat, another storm. And again, those focused on the unknowns, they've got the same result, fear and despair. One man, and there is many people on the boat, by the way, I think from memory it's a hundred or so. But out of all those people that are on the boat, one person, listen to me, never believe that everybody else has got to be in agreement. One person that hears from God will always be enough to win any battle. I've been thinking so much about Gideon. 33,000 people gathered themselves as he blew the trumpet and said, we're there, we're going to go to battle with you. But first of all, God gets rid of the uh, I won'ts. That's the people who really had no heart for battle that was coming. And, and, and 29,000, I think it was, go home. Uh, no, 10,000? Anyway, it was a lot. The numbers are jumbled in my head at the moment. But the next group of people, he says now, those that are unprepared, he says, you can go. Get rid of those. Out of 33, 32,000 people rather, he gets left with 300. 300 people that aren't in the I won't or the I can't categories, they're in the I will category. And God gives a greater miracle with 300 people who say I will than he could have ever done with 32,000 maybes. Think about that. Those focused on the unknowns have got fear and despair. Paul's focused not on uncertainty, but on the certainty of God in his life. Now, I don't have to tell you, we just heard it again from Tessie in the worship time there before about so much uncertainty that's in our world. She talked about it without knowing what I was going to say. None of us know everything we'd like to know. None of us have got the answers to everything coming up. I have never known a time in my life since I've been on the earth where there is so much uncertainty abroad in the planet. I'm sure there have been other times like it, but I haven't lived through them. It seems to me that there's so many opinions, there are about everything, there's so many ideas, and they come like machine gun fire across your bow and into your mind. I know that uh, I read this just yesterday, that inquiries about divorce in America have risen during the pandemic by 122%. Think about that a minute. Think about how many families in the middle of all the uncertainty that's going on are going, I'm not even sure I want to be with you. I spoke to an Ambo in our church just this morning who tells me that the number of mental health call-outs in the last 16 or so months, he said, has skyrocketed. 
You talk to Tendai, who works with children at risk and high Tendai, now up in Kununurra. But when you talk to her and talks about the explosion of all of that, I've never known a time when a message like this is as important as it is. I don't preach sermons to fill up a service. I share something that I believe God wants to say and to drive home into the hearts of every one of you. Don't think to yourself that it only applies to your ministry space because God doesn't know a space called ministry space. He doesn't call me to serve Him in a box called church. He calls me to a life with God. There's a reason why Jesus never said, go and do your jobs on the weekends, come and be with me. He said, follow me. And they left their business and they followed him. Now, he doesn't call everyone to leave their business. But, these, but following Jesus is always a full-time life. I don't pray or read the Bible because I'm a preacher. I do it because I'm a Christian. Amen? Come on. Are you with me here tonight? None of us know the answers to everything. It feels like more than ever we're surrounded by uncertainty. So here's my question to you tonight. If I don't and can't know everything, what are the non-negotiables? What do I need to know? Let me give you four things tonight you need to know. Number one, I need to know what's most important. At the end of it all, What's the most important things that I can know? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Let's start at the most important of all. You've heard this verse probably at a funeral. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, he's speaking about your body. If we know that if this earthly house is destroyed, we've got a building from God, a house not made with hands, Eternal in the heavens. I know that the worst thing that can happen to me is I die and go to heaven. You know, I get to pray with people at all levels of and places of life. Many times when I've sat with a believer who was facing a diagnosis that was not good, wasn't hopeful. I know this might sound a little bit, a little bit, uh, insensitive, but I, I don't mean it that way. But I often will say to them, let's just understand right now that you're born again, that you already have eternal life. And the worst thing that can happen is for you that you will die and go to heaven. Everything after that now, having got that out of the way, now we're ready to believe. Now we're ready to ask God for a miracle in your life. For we know what's most important Romans 8 verse 28, I've already quoted it once tonight. And we know that all things work together for good. Listen, I know enough of you here in this building tonight to know that just about every one of you will have something that you go, I wish I didn't have that. I wish that wasn't happening in my life. That's rubbish. Where did that come from? Oh, I hate that. Oh God, get me out of this. Like, hello, if I ask for a show of hands, all of us will have something like that, won't we? Huh? Or, no, it's probably only me. Uh, but if you've got that in your life, then you need to know even your worst places, even the worst bits. Joseph cast by his brothers into a well where they threatened to kill him. 
at the last they have mercy on him and just sell him to be a slave. You can't get a worse day than that. Come on. Some of you here, you're having your worst day right now. You, you never anticipated. You turned the corner and all of a sudden it's a mess and it's not good. You need to know. You need to say to yourself, but I know. Come on, but I know. God, I never saw that coming. I didn't realise, oh God, that that was going to come up. I, I feel like, you know, a spiritual steamroller has run over me. Oh God, I've got friends of mine right now that are in the middle of health crises. And, you know, when I talk to them, oh my, my heart goes out to them. There's such pain for them. And yet we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are we the children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we're going to be like him. So I know that no matter what's happening in my outer world, like the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. So God's at work in my life, even if you can't see it and I can't feel it. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm actually surrounded by God. I'm surrounded by the Holy Spirit. He's at work. Psalms says this. It says, blessed are those who, who he works while we wait. So the most important things are those three there right now. You need to know what's most important. You know, the word know in Scripture is almost never the word we use in English. We use the word know in English like you go to school. Have you, do you know your three times table? What, what we mean is can you parrot it off? Three, I don't know, I'm, I'm way old. Do they even do times table anymore? They do still do? Three, one to three, three, two to six, three, threes are nine, three, fours are twelve, three, fives are fifteen. Columbia's good at maths. Three, sixes are eighteen, three, sevens are Sweden is good at maths. Uh, three eights are 43. Thank you. That's the number one finance broke in Australia. No wonder, no wonder your commissions are so high. <laughs> three ninths. We, we use that word no, but no in the scripture is almost always the word that means to be intimately acquainted with. It doesn't mean I know it as data. It means it's at work in my life. Know those things. Here's number two. Second thing you need to know when you're in uncertain times is what to do next. Pretty obvious, isn't it? But I'm amazed how many people allow uncertainty to paralyse them from taking the next step. Like, hello? Oh! And they get paralysed into inaction when what you need to know is what do I do next? Listen, you can sit there and go, oh, it's terrible. At least in the first story we read of the disciples, they knew what to do next. Go wake up Jesus. Amen? That's a real good idea. Go wake up Jesus. If Jesus is asleep and you haven't talked to him for a while, he's gone to sleep because you haven't bothered him well enough. You know, like Isaiah says, you know, don't you, you weary me by not asking me. Amen. I, I intend to get to heaven and see all the angels gasping for breath 
like they've just run the 1500 metres. Like that Aussie guy who, what, how long was that race? That 10,000 and he's kind of staggering to get collapsed before the line. I want my angels to look like that. I want them to look down there and go, thank God we got him here. We weren't sure, but there he is. Thank God we can have a breather now, amen? Don't get paralysed into inaction in your life. Psalm 119 verse 105, it's a great verse. It says this, your word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. It doesn't say your word is a searchlight under my horizon, which is what we want. Lord, let me see what's coming. He goes, just the next step, that's all you get. Amen. A lamp under my feet, a light on my path. Here's number three. Third thing I need to know, need to know, is who I'm trusting. You'd be amazed. I've been reading through the book of Isaiah and God the whole way through keeps mocking all the idols that they bound to. He says, you know, you get a stick, you use half it to cook with, and then you make an idol out of the other half. And he goes, how dumb are you and still breathe? He doesn't say that in the King James. That's If I was writing my version, that he would say, how dumb are you and still breathe? You know, and chapter after chapter, he goes, why do you bother with these stupid idols that can do nothing for you? You need to know who you're trusting. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. He says, for this reason I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Not what, whom. A doctrine will not be enough for your life, trust me. Having a great doctrine or a great church membership or a bunch of experiences back in the past. Come on, if ever there was a time when Christians need to put their hand up and say, I know whom I have believed. Come on, I know whom I have believed. I'm not following a doctrine. I'm not listening to the voices in the media. I'm not following what somebody put on social media has got nothing better to do than, than just to whack something out there. I know whom I have believed. I'm not thinking about who I have believed. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've, com what I've committed unto him against that day. Here's the fourth thing, last one, that we need to know is we need to know where to find wisdom in the midst of uncertainty. Where do you find wisdom from? Some people, <laughs> you know, they go to the horoscope. I just think it's spelt wrongly. I think it should have two R's. Horoscope. Uh, I, I just, uh, three R's. You need to know where to go to wisdom. You know, uh, lots of opinions. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. That's the first starting point. Second starting point, because sometimes the answer God will give you won't come supernaturally in a dream. Jeff Bezos was watching online. Decided to be a part of Destiny Offering. <laughs> Sometimes though, you'll ask God for wisdom and you go, I'll send someone to you. Isn't that interesting? Because it says this in Proverbs 24, verse 6. For by wise counsel, you'll wage your own war. And in the multitude of counsellors, there's safety. 
Wise counselors, you can always spot them because they've got wise fruit. Amen. I've thought a lot about this over the last six months or so because I see people that, Christians that are ranting and raving and I ask myself whether they have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love and joy and peace. And when I see them full of anger and full of rant and rave, I go, I'm not really sure that your fruit matches up to the fruit the Holy Spirit gives. What do you do in times of uncertainty? You know what's most important, what to do next, who I'm trusting, and where to find wisdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for where we are. God, I pray for people right now, and I know Pastor Bruce will later in ministry time as well. People that are in uncertainty right now, God, we just want to ask you for wisdom. We just want to pause right now, Lord, and say, would you give us what we need for the next step? Lord, we know what's most important, and we certainly know whom we are trusting. But Lord, we're asking you to give us wisdom for the journey that lies in front of us in Jesus' name. Could you, if, if you're in the building right now or you're online, if that's you, I really feel like there's a number of people and I, I, it doesn't matter where you are. But if you're in that place where you're saying, God, I don't know, there's uncertainty about this. Maybe it's just general or maybe it might be something about something specific in your life. Maybe it's a relationship thing or a job thing or whatever. Just take a minute and just say, Lord, I'm asking you for wisdom. Hold your hands out to God. Lord, would you help me? You might say, oh, I've asked him to help me before. Yeah, ask him again. James 1 says, ask in faith. Don't doubt. God, you'll give me wisdom. I'm going to walk out of here tonight confident that you're going to help me. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord that you are certain in the midst of uncertainty that can happen even to called and chosen people. You're there to help us, Lord. Thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 For those of you that might just have joined us online, the Yes Text button will come up again there for those of you that say, I want to say yes to Christ. Pray you'll take a hold of that. And allow God to do something great and special in your life. I mentioned earlier after we watched the video of Destiny Offering, and we will do this in each of the four services. So this morning, tonight, next Sunday morning, next Sunday night. We do this mostly. It's easy for people to be able to give in this way, but mostly we simply do it because... We want this moment to be surrounded by faith in your life. We want you to be able to go, God, you've led me. I believe you've told me what I'm meant to commit. And so, God, I'm doing that. So the team are going to come and help us with that beautiful song. You hold it all together. If you're here in the building, you can fill in your commitment card. Looks like this. There's a QR code on there, by the way. And if you use that, it'll take you to the right spot or you can physically fill it in. There is a pen beside you on the seat. This is inside the brochure. Thank you for all the work that's been done to produce all this and to make it possible. In a couple of weeks' time, 
we will be celebrating the amount, letting you all know how much that is. And I know again that we will all again be just profoundly touched that God, you have brought so many people together. I don't know what God will tell you to do. I know what He's spoken to my wife and I, and we made our commitment this morning. And I like what Mark and Andrew said in mingle time. We just don't ever want to take a backward step when it comes to that. And, uh, but more than that, I'd ask you just to obey God. I think that's most important. Can we stand together for a minute? In a minute, I'll get Pastor Rhonda to pray for all the commitments that are made. The team will come and pass our offering buckets along every row. Those of you that are here in the building, you can make that commitment. Just give us enough of your details. We will not write and pester you. This is between you and God. I will write to encourage you. When I write to encourage you, uh, at, at least twice during the year, we'll confirm the commitment you've made. But I won't know that part of the letter. I never have and I do not intend to know. I want to be able to lead you without ever having the thought of what you gave or didn't give. So if ever you think I know it, uh, you'd be wrong because I don't. And uh, I, I just know that God is with us and that He's helping us in significant and great ways. And so fill that in with confidence. It's your commitment over the next 12 months. You can give it as the Lord makes it available or you can give it now, whatever you wish to do. So we're going to pray together over that. And then I'm going to ask Pastor Rhonda to come and pray for every one of us that have made that commitment. Can we pray? Lord, I know of nothing more exciting than following you. Even the bad days are good days, Lord, because often you shine more in the difficult days, the darkness of the valley. I see you even brighter than I've seen you when everything was going well. I've known your closeness, Lord, so many times when things were difficult that I did not know you in the same way when things were great. So God, I know that whatever our circumstance or our situation, you're leading this church. You're leading the people of it. You're prompting them. Holy Spirit, some of us have never heard your voice before, but we're hearing you in this. Give us the courage to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.